Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frog Snacks Podcast. It is episode 150. Fanfare. Hooray. <laughs> oh, wow. Today is the 150th. Today's wow. the 150th episode. Yep. I feel like we should have done something a little more, uh, uh, you know, ceremony. A little, a little more. Yeah. Nah. Whatever. It's just We'll a, save it for 200. Sure. We'll save it for 200. Um, so, yep. Here it is. Episode 150. Uh, I am your host, Snacks. With me, as always, is Frog. Hello. Um, so, uh, we had a, we had a pretty interesting day up here in the land of frog snacks. Uh, we were in the middle of a late winter, uh, nor'easter. We were both, uh, stranded at home for the day. Uh, voluntarily, voluntarily, uh, involuntarily for me, but I certainly didn't put up an argument. You know, right. I was fine. I had, I had everything I needed. Uh, played a ton of monster hunter. Played some, uh, played some rhyme. Uh, that platformer from Tequila Works that came out last year. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it's 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 good. I haven't talked about it much um, outside of Twitter, but it's it's good. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, and got some Battlefield One in. Um, maybe even some some Overwatch later. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? And then some uh, and then some Celeste before bed. So we're talking about a pretty good, a pretty good slate of games played uh, for uh, for a good adult snow day, if you ask yeah. me. But one of those games, I think, merits a discussion that we need to have today uh, on episode 150, and that is Monster Hunter World. Mm-hmm. So Monster Hunter World came out in late. January, so it's been out a little over a month. Um, I've got about 90 hours logged on it. Um, I uh, am enjoying it immensely. Uh, it is it is just as everybody is saying it is. Uh, it is the it is a the a, a more streamlined, accessible uh, Monster Hunter. It is uh, it, it is a full package played on a big screen with a with a big boy controller. And it's everything everybody expected that to be once it ever got back to that point. It's back home on console, right? It's, right. It's essentially um, a very different type of MMO, which is kind of a direction that it's been going in in the past few releases. Mm-hmm. But now that it's on console, it really feels like, you know, it's gone, it's gone full MMO, right? Which and, is something I'm pretty happy to hear about. Yeah, and and I and I think that uh, we can we can probably spend you know this episode talking about the game itself and you know how it kind of stacks up to another big MMO out there in the world, right? Or MMO ish game? Sure, of course. Right. So one of the things I noticed uh, playing today, actually, and I wanted to bring this up before we before we got started, is. The game, uh, the, the game. If you've ever played Monster Hunter, I don't know if we've talked about Monster Hunter before on this podcast, but the game requires a lot of time and energy and patience, right? Yep, a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a really traditional time sink. Uh, the likes of which very few uh, get to see the light of day in today's day and age, let alone with any type of popularity, right? Uh, and I think that w- something that really stuck out to me was 
uh, I'm getting close to a, a trophy. I'm playing it on PlayStation 4, and I'm getting close to a trophy that, again, I'm almost 100 hours in. Um, I, I'm very close to getting. Now, one of the cool things about PlayStation trophies, and, and th- I think it does it with Xbox as well, uh, you can see what percentage of people who own that game uh, have gotten that trophy, right? Yeah, which is which is something that I think is amazing. Yeah, it's fun. You can, you, I think you can do it on all platforms now. Um, I, I think it was something that kind of got rolled out eventually, but I believe PlayStation trophies were the first to do it. It tells you, it told you exactly what percentage of player, and then it, it ranks it. Like if it's you know uh, above a certain percentage, it's it's you know a common trophy, or if it's below certain, it's a rare trophy, whatever. Um, so this 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 particular trophy again, I am I have not yet gotten, and I am close to a hundred hours into the game. But according to PlayStation Network trophy statistics, forty forty three percent of people who own this game have this trophy. Now, I I don't think that it's. I don't, I think that that is unbelievable. I think that that is unbelievable that forty three percent of the people who bought this game for PS four, and mind you, we're talking about uh, seven point five million copies sold the last time I checked, which was which was I think earlier this week. Um, it's Capcom's best selling game ever. Uh, seven point five million people bought it. I'm guessing a very large amount of people who bought that game bought it for PlayStation and not Xbox. Yes, for sure. And almost half of those people have put in a hundred hours into the game already a little over a month in. I think that that is a lot. I think that that is, uh, I think that that's, that's a bit of a testament to how, to one, how popular the game is and two, how how fanatic the people are who play it. No, that is for sure. uh, That's an achievement for Capcom alone that that 43%, that's, um, I would say a lot is is underselling it. I honestly think that's mind boggling. Yeah. Because as you said, this is an era where, I mean, just with the volume of things that are coming out at any given time, granted, we are coming off of a historically um, packed year, for sure. But uh, even with that, at any given time, there's a billion different things vying for players' attention, right? Yeah. Uh, so the fact that people, not to mention, we're really only, what, barely a month and a half away from lunch? Yeah, so, I, I don't I don't think we're a full six weeks away yet. <laughs> right, which is even more incredible, that people have fallen so hard so fast for this game. Uh, really speaks to how well they did with it. Yeah, so so it's it's um it's getting it's getting rave reviews and people are loving it and I'm loving it and it's just it's just everything that everybody's ever loved about Monster Hunter, especially the last uh, two releases, all right. kind of like you know hyper focused. Um, and I and I think that this is. Um, so okay, I, I, let's let's take it back two years, right? Let's take it back to three years. I'm sorry, 2015, right? And Monster Hunter Four U comes out for the 3DS in the West, right? Right. At this point, like 
we went to we went to PAX and we saw the Capcom booth, right? Which was a gathering hall. It was a gathering hall. It was a gathering hall that they had built. They they had they had very little to try and get people excited about other than Monster Hunter. And I feel like this was something that was was almost like an open secret that Monster Hunter was a good game, but nobody could really recommend it to anybody because it was such a it was such a, a, a massive time sink and required so much like patience and 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 eloquence and mastery arcane of knowledge ridiculous yeah the arcane knowledge and, and, and mastery of, of these like ridiculous mechanics and stuff that wouldn't stuff that simply would not fly in any modern day AAA title right so right. there were the people who not only overlooked those things but maybe even embraced them and were huge Monster Hunter fans and the people who said well all of those things make me not want to play it. I'm not going to play it, right? And understandably so. And and here we have this this game where I think that it's becoming it got to the point where it was impossible to ignore. And it comes out on PlayStation 4 and it comes out on Xbox. You can't ignore it anymore, right? right. You can't make up an excuse about, you know, this or that or whatever. If you have any interest at all in Monster Hunter, this is the one you're getting, and you you've already gotten it, right? Especially because Capcom very wisely uh, bent over backward to make this the game that everybody would want to say, "Okay, here it is." Yeah. You know, it's go time. Yeah, and and uh, and again, I can't I can't say enough how how amazing the game is. So. Let's 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 take it let's take it one step further, right? And look at what the MMO scene on console looks like right now. And when I say MMO, I mean like you know this type of game, the, this this persistently online, you know, heavily multiplayer type game, right? We really should come up with kind of because I've been thinking about this too, actually. Before you even go into the next point, mm-hmm. we really should come up with like a name for this genre. We really should because because this is now a genre. Like this, this, uh, and we talked about this less, I don't want to say last year sometime, might actually been 2015. We were kind of talking about like the degrees of, uh, basically multiplayer involvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we really should come up with a name for this, this, uh, genre that this game, the division destiny and soon Anthem will all kind of slot into. Right. Um, I mean, has has the term MMO light been thrown around? Like, I feel that like is literally what was in my head. Okay, but I'm saying like yeah. has okay. So it was it was in both of our heads. It's quite possible that somebody has used that term before. I'm trying to figure out if. Um, okay, so let's let's look at uh, what Wikipedia describes. Destiny, Destiny as right. Destiny is considered a online-only multiplayer first-person shooter video game. <laughs> how how descriptive? Okay, Doctor Wikipedia. Um, right. I'm thinking. Okay, uh, let's see. The game features a multiplayer shared world environment. Um. Maybe, maybe shared. This is like kind of like the persistent state concept. So I'm not sure. Um, 
Maybe we should just call it MMO lights, just for which is not a perfect term by any means, but it would at least kind of convey that this is not quite. It's not WoW. It's not F fourteen. Right. But it is. It is also not like Halo. You know. Right. I think. Yeah. I. I, I think. Um. I think once you decide to marry the console experience with you know uh with with the traditional trappings of an MMO right then you've you've ultimately gotten to this point because you're not like you're not going to get a game like this to come out for console where you're like running raids from your couch on <laughs> on like an Xbox controller right you know there's there's going to be lighter versions of those concepts you know you're doing you know they have lighter versions of of guilds. They've got the clan system in Monster Hunter World and whatever the equivalent is for Destiny Two, right? So yeah, I think MMO light is probably appropriate. That's a start. <laughs> so yeah, I guess is how you can move to your actual points. Right. So my actual point was that right now, currently, the the only thing like that really exists like this. Uh, is is those games that you mentioned, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Destiny Two and The Division, and soon to be Anthem, right? Mm-hmm. But they all have had their fair share of struggles, right? Right. To put it nicely, <laughs> very nicely. <laughs> so let's talk about. Let's talk about Destiny 2 because I think that that's probably the one that is um, – the, the, the one that is, is probably the, the biggest uh, presence on this um, – you know, kind of like in this sphere, in this realm. For right. sure. So Destiny 2 came out in September of 2017 and we don't have uh, hard sales numbers for it apparently. Nope, because Activision stopped putting those out. But it uh, it 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 does it does seem to have have sold well and it was solidly reviewed, right? Um, but at it, the beginning, at the beginning, but even pretty early on, you started to run into the issue where people were running out of things to do, and I mm-hmm. think that this is kind of this is this is this is always the issue. Right. This is always the issue that I think that Destiny hasn't been able to um, kind of kind of come to terms with, which is the best thing about Destiny, and everybody agrees, is the shooting mechanics. Right. Yeah. Nobody yep. would nobody would change the shooting mechanics in Destiny Two or or the first Destiny for that matter. Right. Right. It's it's simply like bungee style perfection shooting mechanics it it just it feels good it is um it is it is it is captivating and it is it rewards skill and it is uh cinematic and and everything like that and it is this just this perfect mix of of video game shooting it's probably what you think of when you think of video game shooting you think of of things that bungee has worked on probably in the top five right right so i think what they are they are having difficulty coming to terms with is exactly what is they are lacking that is making monster hunter 
so successful and having very few people, if anybody, complaining that they are running out of things to do, right? Which is, which is this, that the end game gameplay of Destiny cannot be entirely floated by the shooting mechanics, no matter how good the shooting mechanics are, right? So when you say floated, as in, you know, just shooting things alone is not going to fit the bill. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Whereas Mm -hmm. in Monster Hunter, even if you get to the point where you have crafted every single thing in the game, right? Right. Even if you've gotten to the point where you have unlocked every achievement or every trophy and you have made every thing and you have somehow made every gem and you still, you know, one, first off, you will never complain that you are running out of things to do until you have done that. And then even when you have, the mechanics of the fight are satisfying enough, I think, in and of themselves, I think in and of themselves to simply float the end game beyond what is is truly even built, quote-unquote, to do in the game, right? Not only does Monster Hunter have a ridiculous amount of things to do, right? Right. I think that, I, I, and I have even caught myself doing this, you will get to a point where you are, you know, doing an uh, an expedition, right? You are just out in the world with with no, um, you know, set thing that you need to do. Saying okay, you know, and you're just like uh, that. The game is telling you to do, but you're doing the you're doing the uh, the expedition because you say okay, I need um, this type of. Uh, ore, right? So I got to go to this area and I got to, I got to mine these ore spots to get the thing that I need. Right. And your plan is to go in there, get the ore and head back to base so you can make the thing and then go do the, go to the next thing. Right. But monster hunter has built a world that is so satisfying to run around in and fighting mechanics that take so long to master that you always are, are, are wanting to test your metal, always wanting to test new things, always wanting to say, all right, I have put in hundreds of fights with this weapon, but I still think that I want to try this combination of move with this combination of buff, and I want to see how it affects you know these parts and all this other thing, right? And, and there, there is, there is limitless opportunity. So you find yourself doing this thing, you go and halfway on your way to the mining node to get the thing, you see a monster and you'll just start fighting it, even though there's no reason for you to be fighting it. You know, you just see it and you're not like, you're, you're not compelled to move, to move away from this fight because the carrot on the stick that is built into every MMO is not stronger than the mechanics of the actual base game in Monster Hunter. Whereas in Destiny, the carrot on the stick needs to be ever-present because no matter how satisfying the shooting is, ultimately there is very little experimentation that can go on within 
what you can do with a with a clip of a gun, right? Right. Some guns are going to have special perks. Some will have some abilities, special better reload time, or maybe some better ammunition. But those things are kind of tinkering at the margins compared to the 14 different weapons in Monster Hunter that all play dramatically differently from one another. They requiring are, yeah, those, those the 14, entire worlds unto themselves. Those 14 weapons are 14 different games. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, not to mention having to learn the rhythms of every monster, which itself is, you know, a game by itself. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's described as so many different ways and it's such a unique experience. And I think that that is the problem that a lot of these other MMO lights have is that they, they can only be propped up for as long as that the, the carrot is, you know, uh, goading you forward and you inevitably, especially with some of the, the voracious gaming appetites of the people who consume games, Mm-hmm. eventually will will cease to be a draw. And then you find yourself just doing the Crucible over and over again, and then you're just like, well, why the hell am I not just playing a shooter? Right? And right. I, and I think that that's the core problem. You know, I don't know if that's been said or if you would agree with me or, or, or what, but that's, that's my theory here. So I would say... There's a lot there I would totally agree with. Um, and it's not even, so I shouldn't even say it like that because I'm not leading to like a disagreement on my part, mm-hmm. but more like an addition. Because, like, for example, one of the things that's come out is that people have been saying since Monster to World Drop, man, Destiny could definitely take some pages out of Monster Hunter's book, mm-hmm. which is true. Because, for example, if Destiny had borrowed, Destiny could pretty much borrow like the the. I don't want to say the meta level, but uh, it's kind of a high level gameplay loop of Monster Hunter in total, which is you know in Monster Hunter, go kill things so you can wear them, and wear those monsters to go kill bigger ones. That loop could be borrowed by Destiny wholesale tomorrow. You know, right. Um, but for whatever reason, Bungie has not quite gotten to doing that. Um, they've taken out... They wanted to... Basically, Bungie's issue, as it's been reported anyway, has been that they've been trying to balance the people who just want to come through a couple nights a week and play versus the people who, as you said, basically want to live the game. Right. Uh, Monster Hunter has the, the innate benefit of the fact that you can go on these discrete hunts. So somebody like me, for example, back in the 4U days, when I didn't have five and six hours to play at a time, I would say, okay, let me hop on my friends and I'll do a hunt or two. You know, I'd get my two hours or whatever out of it and it was all fine and dandy and I was off after that, right? Um... But meanwhile, everybody else could still stay and grind out all the other materials and parts that they may have been working on. So uh, I wouldn't say, not disclaimer to everybody listening, neither Snacks or I have delved into Destiny 2. But I've been keeping my eye on it, and it for sure has seemed 
from all the complaints I've read that they have uh, Bungie to this point has not been able to deliver enough of that kind of stuff. Like the goals to chase essentially for the people who want to, you know, spend all their time playing Destiny. And that's a real problem now because now you have to think about like the streamer ecosystem. You know, you have people who are Destiny streamers. Those people will literally sit and play the game for an audience making money for eight, upwards of eight hours a day. Um, if you don't give those people something to do, well, suddenly they can't, um, you know, they can't satisfy their audience and then they have to move on, which is bad for everybody. And we do know that the Destiny player count has been dropping based on what people have reported, I guess, from what they can see in-game um, on the various consoles. So, uh, yeah, it's been... It's, <laughs> they they're very much have, uh, at like, a, a crossroads here. Uh, because one of the things that made me want to have this discussion today, and this is something we could talk about next, is that you now have the scenario where people have dropped destiny to go play monster hunter yeah they have and and i've and i've i've definitely seen that you know uh (laughs) that that point be made by by fans i um i think that that's i think that that's interesting i think that you know in terms of pace of play and and combat and everything like that and, and end game and everything like that you know you might get more out of monster hunter world but my biggest, my my big complaint, and this is something that this is this is probably the only thing that I can think of that Monster Hunter could learn from Destiny. Actually, um, is that Monster Hunter I have found is especially with World, and I don't know if it's because of a new influx of players or or maybe like the language barrier since there uh is is an you know inordinate amount of japanese players uh that play um maybe maybe cultural differences because it is a japanese uh developer and publisher but there monster Hunter world seems to be a, a very um it doesn't it, it, and other people have made this complaint that the game isn't very social they they separated the the actual hub area um, into two sections into the the hub where you like do all your stuff and then what they call a gathering hub, which is where you ostensibly would go to like hang out with other players and like arm wrestle them and decide you want to do arena quests with right but there right. is no place where there is all of this happening. The multiplayer situation. Uh, in Monster Hunter World is very strange, and it it was a, it was a departure from you know earlier games in that the way it works is you know you you get into a session, and the session only has like fifteen or sixteen people in it at the most I think, and you get into that session, and most of the time it's just you know you can make a private session with you and your friends sure, but you're also for the i mean I think most of the time you're just going in you know a random session and everybody in that random session is doing their own thing and there's no other players that are actually in that hub that you see everybody is an npc and then if you want to join a quest 
you have to join a quest with people in your session. If you don't want to join, uh, if, if nobody in your session wants to join with you because you're with all randoms and everybody's doing their own thing, what you end up doing is starting the quest and then firing uh, a flare, what they call an SOS flare. So you have to already be in it, fire the flare, and then, only then, does the quest open up to everybody else who is currently online and not just your session. And it's created this very, like, I, I, I hate that the word antisocial doesn't mean the opposite of social. I hate that it means its own thing. But I'm, whatever the opposite of social is, it, it's created that type of environment. And isolating, perhaps? Maybe. Yeah, a little bit of an isolating experience because what you'll, what you'll see a lot of, since most of the times you're doing hunts with people who aren't in your online session, right? you have an option of kind of like re-upping. Once the quest is done, you can choose whether to disband the group or stay in the group. And everybody disbands every time. Everybody <laughs> goes. Everybody goes into, even if the hunt goes well, People will send like friendly messages and then disband the group. Like everybody does what they have to do, goes in, does their one quest, gets their materials and then, and then leaves. And it seems it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a cold and isolating experience. And I think that with Bungie, uh, with destiny, what Bungie had done was like the classic, like hub town, right? Where you're in this place with all the NPCs, but then you also see like, you know, you don't see everybody who's currently playing at once, but you'll see other players. If you're in a party with somebody, you will see that person in the party in the hub town. And then when you go do a quest, you know, you you can kind of just matchmake in like a pre-quest type of area or whatever and get a full party together before you depart on the quest. And that seems to be like the f- more favor favorable way of doing things in Western uh, massively multiplayer online games. Um, I don't know why Capcom has structured Monster Hunter World this way. There certainly is a vibrant community of Monster Hunter players online that has existed for a long time that right. you know you know uh, is is incredibly helpful and you know and you need to be for a game like this, you know, you, you need to have somebody who's willing to write a 10 page, like doctorate thesis on how to use the heavy bow gun, right? You need these, (laughs) you need these people and, and you, you need these platforms in order for those people to share those things. And you need Karanico and you need the monster hunter wiki and you need all of these things and you need all of the people who are willing to contribute to it. But in game, it almost seems like I'm playing the game with, with robots and it's, it's a little, it's, it's a little, I, I don't want to call it unsettling, but you know, it, it makes me feel like I'm playing alone. Um, yeah. When you described all that, that sounded rather confusing. And I have, I have read that. Yeah. People, the, the biggest complaint currently is the multiplayer setup. Um, which of course, as you, you and I both know is nothing new given that even for you is, uh, Definitely less inelegant than that, but it was also pretty inelegant. Um, and my guess is that I don't think Cap- for all that Capcom was preparing for this game to be their breakout hit, which is clearly what's happened, right? 
I don't think they were ready for it to take its place among the destinies and the divisions, etc. of the world. Um, it, it seems to me like they're just like, okay, we finally got the Monster Hunter game that people will want to play. Like, yeah, you can play with your friends all the time. Like, just answering, like, all the old complaints, basically, uh, while trying to offer something new. But I don't... It doesn't appear to me that they specifically looked at the experience people were having in, again, like a Destiny division or whatever, and saying, we should try and emulate that. Um, But given that people are coming off of those games, which, as we said, have had myriad problems and are pissing people off, to this one... It's a very jarring experience, which is why you get the complaints that you're talking about, right? Yeah. So I would imagine it's not something that I would say is a huge problem because I imagine that if Capcom is actively listening to the player base, hopefully they are, um, they'll probably try to address the issue somehow, probably when they try and do like their first expansion or whatever to the game. Yeah, and... and uh you know, it's amazing that, you know, we're, that we're, uh, getting to the point where, you know, people are excited for what's next in Monster Hunter, whereas in Destiny, people are like, oh, a new thing is coming out. Like, I wonder how shitty it's going to be. People are, people are very pessimistic about Destiny. And I, I think that that's, I think that that's amazing. Like, it's so, um, it's, it's amazing. Like people, it's amazing, but not surprising. It's it's not, but you know, at some at some point you have to have the discussion as to like you know is there something? I don't. I I hope this doesn't come across as like akin to, you know, like victim blaming, right? But mm-hmm. at some point, you know, I, I think that if you are a Destiny player, you might have to you know, like take a, like take a step back and look at like the game itself and say, you know, what is it I really want out of this game? Like what, like, what is it not delivering that I think it should deliver? And like, it seems like everybody is just generally unhappy. Um, you know, people are saying like, you know, oh, this game type came out or like they had this event and the event wasn't good. And it's like, I mean, again, maybe this has something to do with like, you know, just, just this like general brokenness of the game where it can't be propped up by any, anything because the game is inherently broken. So they keep having to add things and they keep having to, you know, push that carrot and they can never push it far enough or or well enough because the game is, is, is not being propped up by anything other than the fact that a ton of people play it. And even that is not necessarily true anymore. Cause like we said, we know that the player counts have been dropping. Yeah. Um, I would also say we shouldn't go too far in in seeing you know this game is completely fucked because if, if anything we've learned in the last few years of internet gaming culture is that there's a very strong bandwagon mentality. Yes. So you know, I, I, this is not to say that the complaints leveled against uh, Destiny Two or the Division before it are illegitimate by no means no there's plenty there's plenty of video evidence uh and 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 pieces been written up by people with you know legitimate chops 
to, t- to attest to the fact that yeah, the games are fundamentally messed up in 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 very core ways. But uh, at the same time, I always in the back of my mind have to keep in you know uh, think about how much of this is about the actual complaints and how much of this is people bitching on Twitter to get likes, you know? Yeah. So I, I just wanted to put that out there as well. Uh, but that said, yeah, it, it's very much a real thing that, again, we're just all looping to this core point we, I made before about people leaving Destiny to go play Monster Hunter. So now what's the amazing thing to me is, because I really did not think about that going into this game, Let's talk a little bit more about, like, the overall impact here, right? Because, mm-hmm. again, you casually mentioned, but I think there's a big point. This is Capcom's best-selling game ever. Yes, ever. Ever. And, again, not even six weeks on sale. So, in just a, in a short amount of time, the Monster Hunter team has upended all of Capcom shit. And it didn't even go for the Switch. And it didn't exactly. It didn't even come to the Switch yet, or PC. Well, probably not going to. Oh yeah, and well, I'll come back to the PC version. But yeah, it. The point being, there's still room for even this title to grow. Uh, but Capcom now has uh, what they've needed for a while, which is a bona fide hit. Because we know their fighting game division has fucked up royally. Uh. The Resident Evil team has kind has started to get back on the right track, but yeah. still has a long way to go before that's like a big deal again, generally speaking. And everything else they have done is like varying degrees of eh. So right now, Monster Hunter is the only bona fide hit they've got. But fortunately for them, it's a humongous hit. Yeah, uh, I-, I couldn't believe personally. You know that, like, oh, more than two weeks out, I was still looking on Twitch and seeing it in the top ten. Yeah, and you know that's that's such a good barometer of a game's popularity because it really is. You know that's 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 really where everybody is. Let me let me see where it is. Oh, uh, I'm ahead of you. I'm already looking right now. Okay. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm trying to see if I can find it. Right now, it's well. Now we're down to what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eighteen. So now we're down like the thirties. But still, how many? How many viewers currently? Thirty-three hundred. Well, thirty-three eighty-two to be exact. Okay. Uh, Nothing to stick your nose at that. No, not at all. Given that again, before this, it was a super niche game. And let's not forget, of course, the competition being the likes of, you know, above this are things like StarCraft 2 and, and PUBG and Skyrim and whatnot. Yeah, we need to talk about, like, this weird StarCraft 2 resurgence. Well, that's part, right now, partly that's because of uh, 20th anniversary. Which wow. is un- Which is oh wild. Oh my god. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, um, so I will say this. I will say this. Unrelated to the 20th anniversary, mm-hmm. I have had conversations with people recently 
who are video game players who I have who have said to me, I recently picked up StarCraft two and I'm liking it a lot. Ha! So yeah, there's a there's like a a big push to sell the game because of the 20th anniversary, but I think StarCraft two is getting like a bit of a second wind right now. And I think that part of it has to do with, uh, like the, like a, like a change of the global face of the game, because I think before it was almost exclusively like a Korean phenomenon, but at a lot of the most recent tournaments, you know, you're seeing like, uh, there's that Canadian teenage girl who like won, some tournaments and like, uh, I think there's a guy from Mexico who, who won a tournament or something like that. So it was like, it's becoming a little bit more of a global thing, but that, that's a different discussion. I'm just, I'm just saying I have noticed a lot of Starcraft two stuff going on recently. And I think that might have something to do with it. But again, that's an aside. Well, that's an aside. We'll bring, uh, we may have to bring our, my other good friends on here, uh, to, to dish on the state of Starcraft and, and tell folks about that too. But that's, yeah, that's a different discussion. Yeah. Point being that in the likes of games like that, uh, Monster Hunter is very much still in the conversation, um, which is, again, big-ass deal. <laughs> yes. You know? Um, like I said, I was stunned to see its its Twitch performance. I was, I'm still stunned at hearing the sales performance. And now we can come back to talking about the PC version, which is... I think this is going to be a very big moment. I really do. Uh, because we already heard, I've already heard in, in corners of the internet that, you know, the game is great, but on the PS4 already, it's kind of struggling, you know, depending on who you are. Uh, some people said that even on the PS4 Pro, it can get a little choppy. So when this game is unleashed... And that is really the, the proper term here. When this game is unleashed to the the hyena hordes of the PC player base, uh, it's going to be one terrifying, two amazing, and three a, a whole new world to expect. You know, cue the Disney song. <laughs> I had it playing in my head before you even said that. <laughs> It's amazing. That's amazing that you can just say the the phrase "a holy world" and everybody just like hums it in their head. Disney's but, taking over the world, but that's an entirely different conversation, right? But you know what I'm saying. And in fact, here's where I get to link in uh, what I'm talking, what my current interest is. So, just yesterday, Final Fantasy 15's PC version dropped, mm-hmm. and I don't think that it's going to, you know. We're not going to see FFB like, uh, um, you know, like take over the the world again, at least right now. But I already can tell that it has helped the narrative around that game because a lot of the people on Steam have are playing this game for the first time, like me. Right. So, and you're getting again thus far the most polished version of the game, and it is really well polished. Like, this version is fantastic. Um, if Capcom can pull off something similar, and again, with FF, there was kind of an eh narrative around the game. Uh, but and, and again, because the PC version is so well done, that's starting to kind of being questioned a little bit. 
if Capcom, who already has a very well-received game, can put out a, a very competent PC version later this year, um, it, they're going to the stratosphere. Because you know people are going to mod the shit out of it. Uh, you yeah. know people are going to be... You know people are going to double dip. Yep. Es- especially the, the, the Monster Hunter streaming crews. Because any of them who... If you have any interest in playing that game over the long term, and as we've said laid out earlier in this discussion, plenty of people do, uh, why would you not get the best version you can? So I think this is going to be a big moment. It may not be on the same league as, let's say, when Grand Theft Auto's PC version drops, uh, but I think it's going to be a pretty big deal. It'll definitely be a bigger deal than even FF, but it's not quite Grand Theft Auto, but it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, I I think you're right. And I I would love... I would love to see the sales numbers. I'm, I'm very happy that Capcom is like proud to share the sales numbers for this because I, I love seeing it. But um, I would love to see the PC sales numbers. I think it's going to be something that's really cool and we're definitely going to have to have to bring up later on in the year when it comes out. Uh, I did want to say one more thing though about, you know, just theorize a little bit on why, you know, there seems to be something a little bit more enduring about what's going on in, in, uh, monster hunter than say a destiny or division, right? One more thing. And that is this, um, let's look at, uh, the, the battle Royale, right? The battle Mm -hmm. Royale genre. The thing that makes the battle Royale genres so compelling is that there is this great sense of satisfaction for doing well, one, but also there's a replayability factor that um, is, is, is really unprecedented because, you know, the games are so small, uh, but the replayability, I think, is tied intrinsically to two things. One, the thing that I just said the, um, you know, the, the satisfaction that you get out of doing, uh, better, even like incrementally better than what you did previous. And, uh, two, the randomness of each match. So even though you're only looking at one Island and every match plays out theoretically the same, it never plays out the same. And I think you get a little bit of that with monster hunter as well, where, you know, you get, immense satisfaction out of seeing yourself improve because again, you're not doing like a full, like, uh, like dungeon type crawl thing, right? You, you get sent into an area, you know, there's a monster in the area and you go and kill the monster, right? You know, it's, it's not like you're not, you know, you're not like running through a level like over and over again. You are, right. you are placed in this, this open environment with one objective and that objective can be obtained countless amounts of ways. Um, and that, that randomness I think is a huge draw to, to do it again. You could have the same gear and do the same fight. 10 different times and all 10 times will look different and will feel different. You will have, you will make mistakes in different places and you will, 
you know, land awesome hits in other places and it will never be, even if you, even if you are running like speed arena quests where there's only like one correct way to do it the fastest way possible, it's still not going to go over the same way every time. And I think that with something like a destiny or division where you were just like running through a sortie every time, right? It's, it can, there can only be so much variability. Variability means you did something wrong. Right. And I think that that's part of it too, is that, you know, this, this, there's, there's this whole like expression of how the hunts play out. Just like a PUBG match where, you know, each one expresses itself completely differently. You could end up in 50th place, uh, two matches in a row and neither, there will be nothing similar about either of the matches. See, what I would like to see more of, because I think about, we're talking about Bungie, let's think about Halo. One of the things I always liked in Halo, and and was somewhat put into the Gears games, in fact, but I wanted to see way more of, was the whole idea of skulls. You know, these optional modifiers. Yeah. And I mean, a, a bunch of games have had some version of this over the years, uh, but I really liked Bungie's implementation of skulls in the Halo games. Um, and Gears had a similar set, you know, you could do like an art, the quote unquote arcade version of campaign mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't think this is in two, but it was definitely in three. Um, but I think that'd be something that if they blew out that concept, they could really give a lot of life to destiny. Cause again, I'm going to speak from my experience with destiny one, early destiny one where I had to grind the same fight on Mars for God knows how many times, it would have been so much more exciting if they either, A, gave me a bunch of modifiers that I could, you know, use to either make it more difficult or just add different dimensions to the fight, Mm -hmm. or B, if they server-side had a bunch of different things that could randomly occur that would, again, either make it more different, difficult, or just different, um... But just, you know, just so that every time you go in, even if the broad contours of the fight are the same, there's still going to be some different element in there to keep you on your toes. Yeah, uh, I, and I, I, I think that would go a long way. I agree. And then I think the other thing is that, you know, with Monster Hunter, you can never have all of the tools that you want for a fight, right? You can only carry a finite amount of things. You can only fit a finite number of skills. But you know, realistically, there are always skills that you wish you had that you don't have. And if you want them, you have to get rid of some of the skills that you already have that you probably also want. So, you know, with, with just two different, and this is, this is real, this is akin to what you were talking about, but with, you know, same weapon, but like, and same monster, but with like two different loadouts for skills, you're getting a very different fight. Right. And I think that, again, speaks to the difference between, going back to what you said earlier, between Monster Hunter and Destiny, is uh, when you, the way Monster Hunter is structured puts a lot of the the, strat, the, strate, eh, the strategic burden mm-hmm. on the player's choices outside of battle. Like, yeah. you have to choose your weapon, choose the loadout, choose the things you're outfitting with it, choose your armor sets, all that stuff goes outside of battle. And then you carry that into battle... There's a strategic layer there too, but your success there is going to be largely determined in the choices you've made up to that point. Um, 
Whereas in Destiny, I mean, yeah, you can make some wildly different guns, but it's kind of hard with a shooter to do the things in such a way that will vary it up that much, you know what I mean, while still have it actually be a shooter. Yeah. So it, it's tough. It, all this is, is tough stuff to, um, to deal with, but hopefully they can make a turnaround. I mean... Ubisoft is actually a great example of turning things around these days because they've largely turned around the division. Um, I mean, a lot of people quit that game entirely, but those that have remained seem to be a lot less annoyed with it than they once were. Yeah. Uh, They made a great turnaround with the Rainbow Six Siege game, Mm -hmm. which is now, even now, I'm looking at Twitch, it's now number, uh, I want to say 11. Wow. Um. Yeah, like they've had a massive turnaround, and they've committed to that title being the you know the one to go for going forward. So they're really trying to just build and build and build on this this particular title. Um, and even for Honor, uh, they seem to. I haven't heard too much like of player critique. Um, and by critique, I mean good or bad critique. Um, since they've done some of the more recent updates i know they were supposed to get dedicated service to that game finally mm-hmm. which was, i think was the number one issue uh but point being that ubisoft has really been like a turnaround artist as of late um which is simply to say there that it is possible to stumble out of the gate and and turn these things around because again we are in this era of games as a service right yeah so Hopefully, Bungie can turn around Destiny's scenario. Uh, hopefully, Capcom continues to just build on the greatness of Monster Hunter World. I know i am be very excited to play it come fall, especially because I'm anticipating that they're going to drop the PC version alongside some some form of expansion. Um, so yeah, it's gonna it's all these games of service, all these MMO lights are gonna be really fun to watch going forward. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's something that we're gonna have to look out for. But um, there is now uh, we're now in a place where there's where there's no shortage of inspiration for like what to do and what not to do. Um, so I think that that you know makes this whole thing pretty interesting. But um, but yeah, that's uh, that's about all we had to say for for that for now. Um, if you guys want to, um, if you guys want to see what we have to say about about this stuff, like in between episodes, again, check us out on the internet. Uh, we are on social media at Frog Snacks on Twitter, at Frog Snacks Podcast on Instagram. We've got our website frogsnacks.net, and of course, we are on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can uh, review the podcast. You can you can rate it. You can subscribe to it. Which, if you haven't done any of those things yet, you should. And uh, and that's it. So we'll um, see you guys next time. Later, everybody. Peace.